Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie and this is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them. My name is Matt. In a dark place we find ourselves and a little more knowledge lights our way. Hmm, what's that from? That's, that's Yoda from Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Don't know why I picked a Yoda quote, but I sort of felt like it. Yeah, it's all right. I thought I'd pick a um, a new Gunray quote since we've been um, we've been doing more just um, like quotes that have something to do with the episode that we're currently on. And um, what uh, we're doing right now is we are back after a hiatus with Bad Batch and some wrap-ups of Mando and. Bad Batch again. Uh, we are back with Clone Wars, and we are doing episode 15, Cloak of Darkness, which is season 1, episode 9. Yeah, I actually looked it up tonight, and we haven't done a Bad Batch episode since December of 2022. So we've been away for six months. Yeah, a, a Bad um, Batch episode? or No, I meant Clone Wars episode, sorry. Yeah. Um, we haven't done a Clone Wars episode since December of 2022, so we've taken a six-month break from Clone Wars, but we are back. We're going to yeah. power through some of these and get through some of these arcs um, and try to make some progress. We, we basically recorded 15, 15 episodes of Clone Wars, and there's 140 of them. Yeah. So we, we have to make some progress. Unlikely. Unlikely that we'll ever finish. <laughs> yeah, we'll be recording it from whatever uh, nursing home our, our, our families stick us in. Um, yeah, I want to like the crooked home they see on twenty on sixty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so since we're back to Clone Wars, this is sort of like a new season of ours. We did we were doing Clone Wars, and then we did Tales of the Jedi, and then we went right into Bad Batch. Then we spent a long time on Bad Batch, sixteen episode, sixteen episodes in Bad Batch. We recorded 16 episodes. We did the first two together. Um, and then we did a wrap-up, and then we did a Mando episode. So with with all of the episodes we did for Tales of the Jedi and supplemental episodes and all of those episodes, it's been 20-plus episodes since we've been to Clone Wars, which is why the six months. Um, that means we're back to our old shenanigans. I will roll a d20 at the end of this episode, um, which may trigger an Ewoks review. Um, much to Jamie's chagrin but before we do any of that we didn't record last week but have you done any Star Wars lately? Um, no, still playing Jedi Survivor I cannot beat this boss um, I'm tempted to lower the difficulty level because I'm just at the normal setting I don't know if there's a special name for it but um, it's going to get to the point where I'm going to just take it down to easy and hopefully then I can pass but it's it's difficult because uh, every time, like with, with the with the bosses, you um, they're like different. There are different stages with the boss. The boss changes, so like you'll get to a certain point. There'll be a cutscene, and then say like a quarter of the boss's health is gone. Then you got to fight through till you get to the next cutscene, and then something changes with the boss, and they get harder, and so on. And um, then when you die, you've got to start that all over again. It's it's a real pain in the butt. So I'm just getting frustrated to the point where I don't even want to play it, which is sad because it's a really great game. Yeah, just put it on baby mode. 
yeah. power through. Um, anything else going on, Star Wars? I know you're sort of out of books right yeah, now. Yeah, I finished all the 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 higher public books that are out currently, and other than just rewatching stuff um, periodically, Clone Wars, um, bits of movies, um, Mando and uh, Andor, not a whole lot. I I really need to. Uh, I'm I'm shameably no shamefully. <laughs> Shameably, um, I am shamefully behind on all the comics. They just there's so many of them, and they all splinter off, but they all connect at the same time. So it gets daunting, and then I get discouraged, and then I just don't read them. And then like it's kind of like kind of like with um, how TV shows are. Like if you binge them, they don't mean as much. But if you're reading just a little bit at a time, you absorb some. You don't get tired of it. Um, know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's very tempting to sit down and blow blow through a ton of comics, but it just wouldn't retain anything from them. Right. So, how about you? Um, since last time we recorded, I got my Jar Jar statue. <laughs> yeah. So there were... We talked about this in a previous episode, but I picked up the Yoda and Anakin statues from the Phantom Menace promotional material from, made by Pepsi and basically shoved in movie theaters and blockbusters back in 1999. Um, I found a collector in West Virginia that had a Jar Jar, um, which is fucking huge. This guy's like seven feet tall. I put photos on our Twitter. Um, And he also had two Wattos. And Wattos are the ones that are all fucked, all got fucked up. Um, And so they just don't exist. (laughs) That scared me. (laughs) I don't even know if I have... Jar Jar and my... Excuse me! Man, I gotta get some... I don't have any in here, but... Um, so anyway, this guy also had a Watto, and so I asked him if he would sell me both. The Watto I got is sort of damaged. Not severely damaged. But his wings are very weak, and one of the wings has a fold in it. Um, it actually doesn't look that bad, but it, it's like foam rubber, um, the whole thing. And the wing is sort of, it's clearly a separate piece that was glued on probably 30 years ago, almost 25 years ago. And it's sort of separating a little bit. It wouldn't be hard to fix, but it's definitely sort of the weak point of the whole whole thing. But he's on a stand and he's like floating, I'd say like three and a half feet off the ground. Um, pretty fascinating to see these things all together. Uh, I think my wife has finally had enough though. <laughs> this is this is sort of the the last straw for her. She said I could do anything I want in the basement, and now she's like, "Okay, you're done. Like, is this it?" Is, is... Although she she does find them relatively funny, but I think she's sort of at her end. Yeah, she's, she's like, "It's either me or the it's either me or the collectibles," and you'd be like, "Hmm," like Jerry Seinfeld thinking about whether he likes uh, the the uh, hello uh, thing better than the. Uh, Right. <laughs> She's like, you took too long. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no ultimatums coming in my relationship like that. But it is when I'll put it this way: when I saw the Jar Jar, I was like, I think I've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is huge. I actually had, a, I had a moment of panic because my, my, ba- it, all of this stuff is in my basement. My basement is a walkout basement, and so it's sort of like the front half of my house is higher is like on a hill and the back half of my house is lower on the hill. Mm-hmm. 
and so you it's can like a ranch kind of sort of like like the front if you if you go in the front of the house you enter the quote-unquote ground floor and this floor is beneath that floor so it is a basement but i can walk out the back of the house and go up three stairs and be in the backyard i'm not underground i'm actually like partially underground like half of it's underground so it's not like every floor in my house has 12 foot ceilings except the basement has eight foot ceilings which is good because i'm over six feet tall and i don't feel cramped down here but it's not it's not high ceiling room and so when jar jar came i had a flash of terror when we were standing him up and i'm like oh shit he's too tall i can't i can't keep him um but he yeah he's probably like eight inches like we stood him up and he's probably six to eight inches from the ceiling and so if this room were a little shorter it wouldn't work um, well, and I'm just very fortunate that I'm in a very high ceiling house. These yeah. houses built in the fucking 20s have really high ceilings. Yeah, people were so so much taller back then. <laughs> no, they weren't. But... <laughs> well, there must be reason for it. There must be a reason. There must be a like a stylistic or something reason because there's so many Victorian style houses in this neighborhood, and they all have fucking high ceilings. They're um, all built in the 20s. Yeah, I I can't think of a. A good reason, other than just stylistic, or just because I don't know. That's where they for, that's where they force their servants to live in the ex, extra foot and a half or so of ceiling. I, um, but uh, it's actually good. You can um, when you go out of town, you can do a home alone sort of thing and just have Jar Jar like on a treadmill, uh, or not a treadmill, but like a like a like a little like a can, train track train track. <laughs> Just goes. It just goes around. In the shower. Yeah. <laughs> like, the day of like his uncle in the shower saying like, "Get the fuck out of here, you dumb kid." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Merry." Here he says, "Merry Christmas, you filthy animals," and in uh, Jar Jar. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna attempt it because I, it'll sound real bad. Yeah, yeah. Let's not do impersonations of Jar Jar. No. So basically, I think I'm finished for a while on on obtaining new star wars things right i didn't get to go to any cons this year like there's beer festivals and then there's just comic cons and things like that and i didn't do any of that this year um we've we've had a really really nice year financially too so i feel justified in in wasting some money but like i said once i saw jar jar i was like i think i've gone too far (laughs) i really have to focus on sort of finishing some of these projects like i still have the battle droid i haven't painted all the way and assembled so once i have the battle droid it'll be another thing from phantom menace yeah but these can be like uh you tell the tell your oldest boy like that jar jar that's a that's gonna pay for your college that'll be yours one day yeah <laughs> yeah that's and that's when the next that's when the third menendez brother is born right we <laughs> Like, why'd you kill your dad? <laughs> he spent my college money on Jar Jar. Acquitted. Acquitted. <laughs> he won't even have to wait for the the crazy women to send him uh, marriage proposals in, in prison. There you go. But other than that, I've, from like a Star Wars consumption point of view, um, I've been working on finishing up some 3d models like 3d printed models i have like bindu and things like that i've been doing a lot of work on him and then i watched um um rick's road 
which is the last episode of Andor the other day. Because um, I, I wanted to see if that held up, and it did. Oh, it does. And I, just, I really just want to watch Andor again. I'm so excited. I, I want to see more of Brazo. Because he's, yeah. got, he's got some Brazo balls. Because he just goes just bananas and like uses the, the funeral brick to, to bash uh, an Imperial trooper and just just letting out the war cry in, in their band uniforms. It's just, it's just awesome that some two good, very two good monologues in that episode. Uh, Marva's at the end and then um, Nevik's uh, manifesto. Yeah, exactly. So there's the reason why I actually watched it because I saw a clip of a making of that episode um, where they said like the music was like, the term for music that is happening in the setting is die- diegetic, I think. It's, yeah, it's diegetic. Diegetic. By, um, by L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah, diegetics. <laughs> no. It's diegetic music. And they said that, they had like the, the guy who designed the music, and he said all of those people are actually musicians, and they're actually playing. They comped in some of the sound, but on set they were playing it because they wanted it to sound not like professional musicians they wanted it to sound like a community band and so all of the instruments were functioning instruments that they like glued little greebles onto to make them look star warsy <laughs> and they said they said like it just had to be it just had to be good enough as like a community band and they said they i really think they nailed it yeah they were quite proud of what what it turned out to be and i was like like yeah i think you did nail it <laughs> And they, and they they found a uh, they they found a a um, a mallet player who's really who's got a really good front kick. That's just like I don't I know that I know that episode is not supposed to be comedic. That moment is laugh out loud funny, and I've seen the episode maybe ten times. And when the guy's like like points to a stormtrooper, and he's like, "Make him stop!" Then <laughs> the battle keeps like raging. And minutes pass, and then it goes back up to the bell tower, and a stormtrooper is like running up there, and you're like, "Oh right, they did dispatch a stormtrooper <laughs> to the bell tower. He's up there for half a second before he gets kicked out the window." Yeah, it makes me think of like when you see um, when you see videos of tourists getting in the way of like the uh, like the royal guard in Britain, and they just like shove them. <laughs> I just saw it. I was, I have a bad habit of like scrolling through videos on Twitter um, when I'm bored, and I was doing that today. And there was like a woman trying to take a selfie with one, and the guy completely lays her out. <laughs> it doesn't even like miss a step. He just like puts her, puts his like shoulder into her, and she completely falls down. I'd just be like, oh, what a fun job that would be. <laughs> Except you have to guard a fucking rail. <laughs> yeah. You just march back and forth. Somebody gets in your way, you get to punch them. Yeah, I don't know what kind of gun they carry, but it looks pretty fucking intimidating. Yeah, it's it looks like the standard British um, um, battle rifle. It's it's I don't know the name of it. It's a it's a bullpup uh, rifle. Yeah, uh, it's got a bayonet attached to it usually. <laughs> when when they hold when they're holding it. Yeah. Like don't don't fuck with them. Yeah, in case those. In case their uh, colonies get out of line, they still got the bayonets. Yeah, I don't know if they have any colonies left, but yeah. <laughs> that's that's their business, not mine. Yeah, they 
<laughs> they're running out of jewels, so they need to they need to pillage India some more. I guess the back to Star Wars. The only other thing that I've really done this week is that the boys, um, the boys and I watched the rest of the Visions episodes they hadn't seen um, from Volume Two, and I don't know. We haven't talked. You and I haven't talked a lot about it. I think those are pretty good in general for a second round of Visions, but maybe we can maybe we can switch up the role to when we roll one, we have to do a Visions episode. Yeah, that'd be fine. I um. Yeah, I saw all of them. I fell asleep through a bunch of them, so I had to watch them again. But um, they were not terrible. I, I didn't hate hate them, but um, they weren't terrible. Right, we had sort of mixed feelings about the first first volume. Um, I think I think I like these in general more than the first volume. But like I said, we don't have to get into it. There's a lot I liked about it. There's things I didn't quite get about it. But I think. I think it's less now that we now that this is a thing that happens in my mind it's like okay so you can do basically whatever you want with it and it's fine right yeah first first ones I was trying to like sort of wrap my head around like the, the whole concept of like hypothetical Star Wars like a Star Wars what if sort of series and now that it's just a thing I'm like okay so this is sort of like take it or leave it Star Wars like you want a Wallace and Gromit Star Wars you got it now <laughs> That would be cool. Um, well, it's it's in this one, right? Like one of the the one called "I Am Your Mother" is made by the guy who made Wallace and Gromit. I don't. Well, look at look it up later. Okay. Yeah, I'll I don't remember. Send, I'll send you a, a reminder. All right. Do you um, want to get yeah. into the episode? This is a Cloak of Darkness, like I said, Season 1, Episode 9, original air date, December 5th, 2008. Oh, man. It's 15... How, how the hell... time go. Yeah. Where the hell did the time go? Um, okay. So, um, the, um, the kind of the, the quote at the uh, beginning of this episode is, Ignore your instincts at your peril. So uh, the, uh, the the little um, the news we um, say the kind of like the newsreel portion of it where it just kind of like gets you uh, caught up on uh, on what happened the, the, in the very like um, war um, war like World War Two propaganda kind of stuff that would be played in front of movies tells about how Vice Gunroy was captured on Rhodia, Luminara and Ahsoka are to escort the Viceroy to Coruscant for his many war crimes. Now, before we get into this, it's strange. I got so, you know, I guess got so spoiled with Bad Batch. Coming back to this, it was hard to watch a bit because the animation is so rough. Which, right. which back for his day, is perfect. And it's actually it's still good. It's like, it's like um, maybe like an X- Xbox 360 level cutscenes. Yeah, so... I was going to talk a little bit about this later, but a few things right up top. So I know we took six months off of Clone Wars doing a bunch of other stuff, but this is a continuation of the previous episode, which is Bombad Jedi, which is the Jar Jar episode, the knight in shining armor, Jester puts on a suit of armor sort of episode where Jar Jar accidentally saves the day, or Jar Jar is the hero on Rhodia when 
Um, Far is betraying Padme. She gets captured. Viceroy is going to execute her. Everything goes a different direction, and um, that that whole thing. I'll put a link to that show in the show notes for this show. So if people want to re-listen to that one leading into this one, this is sort of the, the arc. Um, but this is also, like you said, very early in Clone Wars. This might be the third episode that they completed, third or fourth episode they completed um, the animation for, and there are animation mistakes. Not not just It's not just rough animation for what we've been seeing in Bad Batch and later in Clone Wars. This is them still figuring it out, mm-hmm. how to do things. And so there's just straight-up mistakes in this in this show but this is like i said i think this is the fourth one that they completed the fourth episode they completed it's the only only the ninth episode they ever released um but they they did them out of order if you recall we talked about the very first one that they they did where there's a ton of mistakes where like anakin's belt disappears and there's no explosions in space they forgot to add them there's audio sync problems and all sorts of weird stuff happening in that episode. So this is this is way better, in my opinion, than that first episode, that first episode they animated. But yeah, we're still in sort of the nascent stages of this media for them. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So, <clears throat> so uh, Luminara is on a shuttle, and she's asked if they've made contact with the cruiser Tranquility. Uh, that's a kind of cool name. A, a Senate guard named Captain Argaius responds and says that they will wait the Jedi and the prisoner to give them clearance to dock with the cruiser. Gunray tries to bribe the clones in Gree's unit. Captain Gree puts Viceroy in binders. Ahsoka says the trip has been boring so far. So on the cruiser, Gunray demands a lawyer. Argaius takes the Viceroy into the brig. Ahsoka comments that Gunray is a weak opponent and doesn't deserve this level of attention. Luminara scolds Ahsoka for underestimating her enemy because he's a super rich guy, and super rich guys don't normally go to jail. So, on another ship, Palpatine is calling Dooku to tell him that Gunroy will sing like a canary and that he needs to be dealt with. Dooku says that he already has a plan in motion. He's sending Ventress after Gunray on an infiltration mission. Palpatine is not impressed, but Dooku defends her. Palpatine signs off on the plan. Um, Ventress shows up. Dooku says there's no margin for error. She has to prove herself on this mission. Ventress says he has nothing to worry about. So, on the cruiser, Agaius checks in on the interrogation. Luminara and Ahsoka are probing uh, Gunray's mind. So, Gunray, he only really cares about money, but he does uh, hold a lot of intelligence. But, uh, this is this is wild, actually. Um, with the, the news cycle currently. He just claims that he's a pawn. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Good, good call. This is an accident. <laughs> I did. He, he he stored all those Republic top secret documents in his bathroom, his cold plated bathroom. This is a witch hunt. This is a witch hunt to go go get Gunray. <laughs> he, he's a meaningless victim of a of a witch hunt by the the Republic uh, Justice Department. Yeah, the globalist Jedi. Um. So uh, Ahsoka snaps and she pulls her lightsaber and threatens to gut Gunroy if he doesn't talk. Luminara pulls her away and tells her that terror is not the way. And Ahsoka says she was bluffing, and all of a sudden Gunray wants to negotiate. Yeah, I want to stop here for a second. There's just a like a couple of themes that are brought up here. 
um, like Ahsoka is super green and wants to prove herself to Luminara because Anakin is off someplace and and Luminara's Padawan Barris is off someplace too. We'll find out where shortly. Um, but basically, Luminara doesn't trust Ahsoka, and Ahsoka wants to prove herself to Luminara, and she's overly eager and basically is playing good cop, bad cop with Gunray, <laughs> except she's playing good cop, psycho cop. Yeah, yeah. Luminara right? offer Luminara offers him a coke, and then she's uh, Ahsoka's just like, "You're going away for a long time." Yeah, Gunray's on the ground saying, "I can't breathe." Yeah, you know? like it's it's really it's a very violent thing for her to do, and Luminara rightfully like pushes her back and then on the other side of the theme of this theme of like approving your worth to your commander um palpatine is basically telling dooku like yeah your assassin sucks and dooku turns around and shit rolls downhill right everywhere mm-hmm. he turns around to ventress and says don't fuck this up and ventress is like i'm not gonna fuck it up and she spends the rest of the episode proving that to her master yeah right they're both under the thumbs both both ahsoka and um, Asajj are under the thumbs of their masters and they're both they both have something to prove here and how they go about that is sort of the nature of this episode what did you think about Ahsoka in this scene though? Yeah I thought it was very kind of out of character but she, she's still like young and immature so it kind of um, it, it tracks it's also it, I think her I do think it's out of character as well I think it's also part of the clunkiness of them getting this off the ground that she's this short-tempered because she definitely doesn't stay this way. Um, they have to they have to mature her to keep her in the story, and we're still at the very beginning of Ahsoka here. I think she this might might be her third episode um, ever since the movie where she's introduced. So I think this is wait the movie hasn't been released yet. I think the movie is released after this episode is released. And so I think this might be the second or third episode she's in. Yeah. Um, period. Yeah, and she actually does a Star Wars tradition where she says she, she'll gut him like a uh, exotic name. Rakarian. And then... Mudfish uh, or whatever. Yeah, so so, so the, yeah, the, uh, the kind of the formula is some exotic name... And then either just a, a name of a a regular animal on uh, on Earth, or like a combination um, of uh, names. So 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 it leads you to think like, ooh, that sounds interesting. But uh, anyways, okay. So okay. So then all of a sudden the cruiser is under attack from droid fighters, and they're a boarding ship. These these boarding ships were pretty cool. Um, they're just like big, like. They're big, like s- spikes. They just—they look just... like—they look like juicers to me. Like those things you like run an orange over. Yeah, yeah. That like break it up, and they're they're just like spears, and they just like stick into the ships, and then they open up with like these teeth. We've yeah. seen them before, but yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. We have like these um, hockey puck lights in our yard. They're just solar powered. They're just like these. They're flat, kind of the size of a hockey puck, and there's a, like this big spike you can attach to the bottom, so you can just stick it in the ground. It that was the first thing I thought of. Um, but yeah, these that are reminds, pretty... that reminds me, I have to call your HOA. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So and, and so yeah. So these are pretty cool. So um, 
so greed. So greed. We also, we also see. Sorry, but we we see them in the in the episode on the asteroid um, where Domino Squadron's hanging out. These are the same ships that infiltrate during that. And we brought up on that episode that these were the same design as the pod crushers in the Plo Koon episode in the Malevolence arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these these are wonderful designs. I 100% agree. Like, I love... I, I watched this a bunch of times today, and I was excited every time they came on screen. I was like, this is cool. Yeah. So, uh, Gree tells Green Company, so that... That's kind of weird. I, I guess maybe he gets his name from the company. I, I don't know. And, and he's a... I just want to talk briefly about this cl- uh, clone. He's got um, two Mohawks, basically. Um, so, inst- you know, instead of just one down the center, he's got two up top. So... Yeah, do you want to talk about him now, or do you want to talk about him later? Uh, we can talk about him whenever. I just thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, so Gree... Gree's name is Gree because... Um, when he was at the Clone Academy, he was really into um, different species of aliens. And the Gree are an ancient species in the Star Wars universe. And so he gave himself his nickname after that species and then ended up in Green Squadron out of coincidence. Um, he's not, not named Gree because he's in Green Squadron. He's, he's named Gree because of the alien Grees. Okay, uh, where'd you get this info from? I'm reading about him on Wikipedia and things. Um, oh. He's actually. We can also talk about. Um, we can also talk about his fate um, because Gree is a character in the movies, and Gree is the clone that Yoda decapitates in Revenge of the Sith on Kashyyyk. No. Yep, Gree is the guy that receives the Order sixty. Order sixty six turns to shoot Yoda, and Yoda jumps up and decapitates him. <laughs> wow, that's pretty rad. And so there's a lot written about Gree, mm. um, about like his backstory and things. And he he's got a bunch of comics in the old continuity, um, and is mentioned in all sorts of reference materials of Revenge of the Sith things. And the Gree are sort of a tentacled alien. Um, uh, I can send you the, sh- the page on them if you want to see them. But they're they're a legend species mostly. But they they do they are brought up in a few Clone Wars cartoon episodes. You never see right. one, though. All right, okay. And um, before we get too into it, do we want to talk about uh, uh, Gaius? Because he's um, he's a Senate guard, um, except he's, like, an officer. He's got, like, a special, like, pauldron. But he is the... They're, I guess they called them Senate commandos, but they are guards. They're, they're the guys in the blue armor with the, the plumage who end up becoming the the uh, Imperial uh, Royal Guards. And he, his hair, he looks like he's from, like, Flock of Seagulls or something. <laughs> yeah, they... So, our guy... Back, back in this period of Clone Wars, they had a very tight budget for new character design and just new design in general. Um, and Argaius wasn't brand new character. And so they, they took the clone armor and recolored it they gave him a huge pauldron because that was relatively easy to animate for them because it was a solid piece. And they called it like a scarab shell or something because it's just huge. Then they painted an interesting design on there. But yeah, the the helmets are straight out of episode one. Um, You can see them following Palpatine. So all of the design budget for him went into his head, right? So 
because they can get away with using clone armor and clone body. So you call it like a flock of seagulls hair. They were actually really proud of the way the hair turned out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was different. Um, but we'll get to it in a minute, I think, because our guy is, is a huge character in this episode, and we have to talk about him in this episode because he's not in any others. Spoiler alert. Um, but him, his model and Luminara's model are the new models in Clone Wars because Luminara, this is her first appearance. Um, she was in Tartavoski's Clone Wars, um, but but in in this continuity and not counting Tartavoski's Clone Wars, this is Luminara's first speaking role. Like she's in the Battle of Geonosis and she gets killed. Or she doesn't get killed. She doesn't appear in Revenge of the Sith in Order 66 scenes because we find out later that she was captured um, and held by the Empire. But this is her first like character moment outside of holding a lightsaber in the arena on Geonosis. So this is a big deal that they spent a lot of time on Luminara. But let's keep going. Right on. Okay, so Greed Hull Green Company prepared to repel the enemy. The boarding ships pierce the hull, and the super battle droids drop out into the cargo bays. Green Squad is under attack and taking losses, and um, they're definitely being overrun. Green Leader checks in. They say the battle droids are headed to the detention level, and they need reinforcements. Ahsoka wants to go help with Luminara, but Luminara tells Ahsoka to stay behind and guard the Viceroy. Gunray gloats he's going to be rescued, Ahsoka taunts that this might not be a rescue mission. So, um, someplace on the ship, a clone tries to give a report, but Ventress kills him before he signals anyone. Ventress takes his comm and goes into the ventilation system. Now, back to Green Squad, uh, they're taking heavy losses. Uh, Luminar shows up and cuts through the droids uh, pretty effortlessly. This, When I was watching this again today, I didn't have this thought when I watched this months ago, when we thought we were going to do this next. Um... But uh, when I watched this today, this felt like a Luminara hallway scene. I know hallway scenes have become a thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's basically in a hallway with a bunch of super battle droids, and she's just cutting them apart. And I was like, oh, this is sort of like Luke yeah. fighting, fighting those uh, those droids in Mando. I, just, I sort of liked it. So uh, there's a treadmill droid in the reactor room. Uh, this is actually a pretty cool scene. So it's really dark. This treadmill droid is just basically a stick with like binoculars uh, for a head and it uh, has kind of like flashlight it's where it, like it's kind of like a sentry kind of just kind of looking around and Ventress is bouncing around outside of its um, outside of his view uh, planting explosives in the reactor room uh, two clones do check in and they leave the droid uh, 327T in charge Ventress um, she then jumps back into the vents Luminara is still fighting the droids in the hallway, and all the droids are destroyed, but Luminara senses something in the Force. Ahsoka taunts Gunray, who's again ready to deal since the attack uh, seems to have failed. This is is also sort of a comedic, sorry, but this is just also sort of like a comedic beat through the whole episode, where Gunray is like, like, I'm ready to deal. He's like, deal's off. (laughs) Ready to deal. Deal's off. (laughs) Yeah. It's just very, it's very comical how quickly he switches sides. It just mm-hmm. really underscores like how cowardly he is, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Um, 
Um, Archives reports the all clear signal was sent and the attack is over just then. Ventress drops into the brig. Ahsoka calls her the hairless harpy. Ventress calls her, uh, calls uh, Ahsoka and Anakin Skywalker's uh, filthy obnoxious pet, which is pretty funny. Uh, Luminara sends the fight and heads to the brig. Ahsoka promises Ventress a merciful death that the Senate guards fire on Ventress and they are killed. And they're all killed but Argaius. So Ahsoka is still kind of pretty cocky. And there's some other... There's at least one other scene where she's just kind of like... She's very young, immature, to just keep her mouth shut. She's a brain... It's good, it's good banter. Like, Obi-Wan and, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka have banter... Or Obi-Wan and Asajj have banter, too, where he calls her, like, my sweet, right? And this just shows that they have a history, I guess. Right, Yeah. Ventress uh, frees Gunray and traps Ahsoka in the cell. Gunray taunts Ahsoka the same way that she taunted him. Luminara shows up and attacks Ventress while freeing Ahsoka using the Force to push the button. Which I find it kind of funny because, like, couldn't Ahsoka just, like, cut through, like, the, the, the walls that do create the projector of the Force field? But whatever, plot point. If you, could hit, if you could hit the button with the Force, why wouldn't Ahsoka just hit the button with the Force? Right, and there's that too. <laughs> right, plot, 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 though. Yeah. Um, the the forces, the forces, kind of there for as a plot device, because um, things would it actually be interesting to like just think about like all the thi- all, the, all the ways that Star Wars would be different if Jedi just force users just remember that the force is a thing while they're doing while they're in various scenarios. Like, yeah, it'd be uh, different. It would be a different story altogether. Yeah. Right. Like, like Tie Fighters would just be exploding. Be like, mm-hmm. what happened? I don't. I don't know. I guess <laughs> the guy put a bullet to his head. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like a scene. There's like a scene in a Rick and Morty episode where Rick is trying to prove that he's still dangerous, and he like opens up portals in a bunch of enemy spacecraft and shoots into all of them simultaneously or something. It would be something like god yeah. level power. Yeah, I always thought it would be cool to see and like have somebody just like like either like force some just force somebody out of the cockpit of like a TIE fighter or something like that. The TIE fighter's going all of a sudden you just somebody just waves their hand and just all of a sudden all of a sudden you just see a pilot go flying out of the out of the cockpit and TIE fighter or whatever crashes. Wasn't that wasn't that like the trailer for Jedi Survivor? Doesn't he like fling a guy out of a TIE fighter cockpit? Um, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to watch it again. But we we do sort of get a sense of what happens when someone is sort of out of control using the Force. Um, with Ezra when he the season after he opens the Sith holocron, and he like uses like a Jedi mind trick to get like a walker to walk off the edge of a cliff. Yeah, after after firing on their own men. Yeah, and that's sort of so. Sometimes, sometimes the force is almost betrayed, portrayed as like a drug, where it's like, like maybe the dark side more so than the light side. But it's like, like, like people get high on the power of mm-hmm. it, and they have to like control themselves so they don't become like addicts to it. Yeah, I mean, like while he was like overpowered, um, Star Killer, or, um, or. Um... Galen Merrick from uh, the Force Unleashed games was the, you know, I, I love the idea of a character who was not, who didn't know boundaries. I mean, he was powerful, but was never shown boundaries. So the idea was that he's just insanely powerful because he doesn't know that he's supposed to stop. 
Um, and exactly like he pulls a star destroyer out of the sky at a certain point he's able to do like wild things because he's got like no he doesn't have the limitations that like other people who use the force have either sith or jedi so i've always liked the idea of somebody who could just like um say like somebody who's like in a coma and like let's say like a jedi who was like in a coma or something and then just coming out and then being like being like god level force user because he's been in a dreamlike state he's been in a dreamlike state for so long he doesn't know what's reality what's real so he's just um he doesn't have the boundaries on reality like everybody else who works or sorry not works everybody who else lives in the real world does all right i'm adding this to our short story list a jedi jedi that comes out of a comatose state where he's been living like a meditative dream for decades doesn't understand the difference in between reality and fiction and yeah overuses the force to compensate because mm-hmm. he, he thinks he's in a waking dream yeah yeah exactly okay so uh back to the back to the episode uh, that's trademarked by the way um and we'll be selling that to disney so don't even try It'll be a High Republic short story in Star Wars Insider in two years, so everyone cool your fucking jerks. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, um, let's see. So uh, Luminar de- demands Ventress's surrender. She complies, but the explosive goes off, and Ventress runs down the hall, evading plasters as she goes. Luminar f- falls in the explosion, and she gives chase with Ahsoka behind. Ventress escapes down an elevator shaft, Soka wants to go after her, but is almost hit by an elevator. <laughs> How many Again, not supposed, to, not supposed to be funny, but it is one of those things where Luminar is like, wait. Yeah. How we it, go. <laughs> yeah, it's a little kid. How many times have you like stopped your kid from like walking directly into traffic just because they were just, just doop, 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 not... Only once today. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's... <laughs> It's it's a it's a real sort of thing, so it's very very kid like thing. And so anyway, so the uh, so the ship is a mess. Luminar decides to fight Ventress alone. Ahsoka suggests that they both go, but Luminar orders Ahsoka to to stay with Ar- Argaius and the, and to guard Gunray as he's the target. Luminar will face Ventress alone. Luminar jumps into the shaft and exits a few floors uh, below a pile of dead clones. Ahsoka begins to debate what to do. And she's worried about Luminara, so I, I'm I'm a little torn on this, and I'm gonna take it to just like that she's supposed to be written as like an impulsive teenager. She's not really she's trying to prove herself because like she seems overly confident that she can defeat Ventress on her own, and then then she's trying to tell Luminara that no, she needs to go with her because you can't um, she, you can't face her alone, and then she kind of has like a temper tantrum like venting like in front of the uh, clones in the senate guard Um, yeah it's hard it's hard to know what her motivation is here other than to be part of the most exciting piece of action yeah and also probably doing like something that i do where like you just you know you want to do something but you need somebody else to validate it for you uh and then then once somebody says that oh yeah you should totally do that then you're like okay it is a good idea whether it's a good idea or not you just need that external validation um jamie do you want to start a star wars podcast yes i do do. (laughs) (laughs) i've been you you had to wait for me to say it yeah (laughs) i get it yeah i've been 
I mean, I, I've been thinking about trying heroin. I mean, I mean, it seems like it would be good. I mean, I, I don't know, but it's also bad. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it looked pretty cool in Trainspotting. I mean, like, Matt, what do you think? I think if you watched Trainspotting and thought heroin was cool, you sort of missed the point. Well, I, <laughs> I was on heroin. I'm sorry. You and McGregor, though, prior to Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is I should try heroin? Yes, I'm validating. I'm validating you. Okay, all right. I'm already tying off my arm. That's the sound of me finding a vein. Don't okay, guys. Yeah, don't. Please don't. Don't do drugs. Period. Um, We're actually dropping the kid off at camp today, and there was a sign um, put up by a, a public health department in Maryland, where I live. In the camps in Maryland. It was on the way to the camp, just on like on a county road. And it had the number of deaths by opioids in that county as of as of this year, and I was Sheesh. like, "That's a, it." Said, "Here's the number of opioid overdoses in Anne Arundel County, Maryland. Here's the number of opioid deaths in Anne Arundel County, Maryland." And it was just on like a small billboard, and I was like, "Okay, so I guess they're really they're really trying to put it out there. People shouldn't use street opioids." Or yeah. just don't use opioids in general. I never accept opioids from doctors, but that's my own choice. If you need them, you need them, but use them with caution. Yeah, as prescribed. Yeah, I need them to escape reality. Um, Not what they're prescribed for. Yeah. No, um, no, they're they're no good for me. I've um, got really uh, some wisdom teeth pulled, and I had like one like. Um, Oxy, and I was just like, I'm flying high, and I'm holding my daughter, who's a baby at the time, and like, I can't hold her. So yeah, I'm, I don't, you know, I, I suffer through, or find different ways to medicate myself. When I had that, when I had that surgery, and they couldn't close the surgical wound, I had, I had to change the dressing of the surgical wound, um, twice a day. They gave, they prescribed me Dilaudid. Ooh. Which is which is heroin? Like that's just over. That's just prescription heroin. Um, and I, I took it for one day when I was changing the dressings, and it made me feel so shitty for like the whole fucking day for hours after. That the next day when I went to go change the dressing, I just told my wife I was like, uh, I just need you to help me because this is gonna fucking hurt, and I have to get through it. Mm-hmm. And we just did that for four weeks together. Is like change the dressing every day, and I never took never took it again. I just wasn't gonna let it like wipe me out like that. Yeah. I hate it, but it works for people. Didn't work for me. Don't like it. It's funny to joke about sometimes. Funny to make fun of Transpotting. Go watch Transpotting, everybody. It's fucked up. Fucked up. Fucked up movie. Yeah, I can't remember. Don't what do they... it if you have, if you've ever had a dead baby though. I I don't re- <laughs> I don't remember what they. I mean, I remember getting morphine in the ER, and I hated that because I felt like I was being crushed. Um, um, and then another time, I think they gave it to me, and I guess I was flirting with one of the nurses in front of my wife. Um, so that she told me about that later, which was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you weren't supposed to be here for that." <laughs> I was under I was under general anesthesia for that surgery, and. I woke up and I had a restraint on, like I was like seat belted into the bed. And the nurse came in and I said, "Why am I belted to the bed?" And she's like, "Oh, when they brought you up from anesthesia, you took a swing at the doctor." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a similar reaction. Um, 
a few years back for a procedure and they asked me if I was like a combat veteran because I just came out just like insanely like violent not saying all combat veterans are insanely violent but I guess it's enough they said they said that you didn't say that yeah that are you a combat veteran because you came out swinging (laughs) yeah because that guys who've like had to deal with like ptsd might been their experience that they didn't come under anesthesia uh they didn't take it very well coming out um anyway enough about that stuff yeah well we got to put some science in to every episode so people learn okay um so (laughs) So uh, Ventress uh, attacks Luminara and breaks the steam pipe, partially blinding Luminara. And this is actually cool because you, you know, like you see her eye is like bloodshot. For um, they actually, you know, add that detail. Um, so they battle. Ventress says that she will decapitate Luminara. Luminate, Luminara ta- taunts Ventress, saying she fights like Count Dooku, but amateurish and sloppy. And Ventress lashes out. Yeah, Luminara basically gets partially blinded. Um, Ahsoka or Asajj says, "I'm going to cut your fucking head off." And Luminara says, "You suck." Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 very it's very good banter between these two. Um, but yeah, let's keep going because there's yeah. a lot to talk about. Well, I, yeah, I do like the fact that like Asajj is like they do a very good job of showing her just going into like a rage. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. This is a very satisfying fight overall from a yeah. lightsaber fight point of view. Yeah. So. Um, Ahsoka debates if she can leave her post to help Luminara. Argaius says that, he, that they can guard Viceroy by them, the, the Viceroy by themselves, and Gunray says that he never risks his own skin if he doesn't have to. That convinces uh, Ahsoka to go. Argaius says that she can trust them to guard. <sighs> okay, so back with Luminara and Ventress, they fight with, with the Force, and eventually Ventress knocks Luminara down and pins her under some pipes. Ventress goes for the kill, and Ahsoka uses the Force to push her away. Ahsoka frees Luminara from the pipes and apologizes for disobeying um, Luminara and Ahsoka continue to fight Ventress, and Ventress flees. Ventress signals someone, and Argaius turns and kills all the clones and frees Gunray. Using Gunray as a shield, Argaius shoots his way out of the brig and tells Gunray that Dooku is paying him... um, back or paying him a lot to break gunry out of prison so try and stay alive so it's like so i say i say that he kills all the clones in the notes but he he doesn't kill gree yeah that's a mistake sorry mm-hmm. i'm sure that was clear so gree is still there so it just goes to show rich and powerful guys well-connected guys like they can like i mean i don't know who this we don't know we've we don't know anything about this argaius but in order to get um to get to be that level like a senate guard you assume he has to be like insanely loyal and competent just like secret service um well you would think or or just like a fbi cia nsa whatever um so they probably offered offered him like so much money that he's just like okay sure <laughs> i'll betray my oaths and everybody to for that much money i would say out of all all federal law enforcement that i know of um the Secret Service are just a bunch of high-functioning psychopaths. So, <laughs> come at me, guys. <laughs> Those guys would kill anybody. <laughs> okay, and here you are calling them psychopaths. Okay, great. Um, okay, so um, 
So back with Luminara, she tells uh, Ahsoka that she's never faced an adversary like uh, Ventress before. Her arrogance got in the way. Ahsoka tries to apologize, but the clones over the comm tell Luminara that Argaius has betrayed them, and Ventress shows up to fight some more. It's uh, basically um, basically to um, seem just to keep them there. Uh, to it's keep divide and conquer sort of yeah. strategy. Like keep the forces divided so they have to fight on two fronts, and all they have to do is complete one objective, which is get um, Gunray off of the ship. Mm-hmm. So uh, Commander Gree and uh, Argaius are in a standoff. Argaius is still using Gunray as a shield. Gree cannot harm Gunray, so he shoots the blaster out of Argaius's hand. Pretty nice shot. Argaius kicks uh, Gunray into Gree, and Argaius attacks the stun clone. Luminar and Ahsoka Adventurers continue to fight. Gree asks Ahsoka why he... Sorry, Argaius, why he did it. Ar- Argaius goes for the blaster and Gree stops him, but Gunray hits Gree in the back of the head and knocks him out. Ventress uh, gets the signal that they have Gunray. She sets out the detonator and she jumps back into the ventilation systems. Uh, Luminara saves Ahsoka from falling um, to the battle. Then Argaius and Gunray escape in the shuttle. Uh, Ventress is still in the cruiser and fights her way into an escape pod. And Ahsoka and Luminara show up too late, but they see the escape pod docked with a shuttle. Argaius brags about the operation. Ventress shows up, and he's bragging to Ventress again. And then Ventress doesn't take kindly to this because she's she's on um, she's not on sure footing with Dooku, so she kills Argaius, and then uh, she greets the Viceroy, and <laughs> Gunray sucks up to her. Then uh, back on the uh, the cruiser, um, there's a hologram. Ahsoka is apologizing to Anakin and Yoda. About Ventress getting away. Yoda says the betrayal of the Senate Guard is a bad sign. Luminar says that they got away in a Republic shuttle, and Anakin says that they can track the shuttle. Yoda cautions that Gunray is a coward, but powerful allies he has. Luminar says Kit Fisso is close to the last known location. Anakin and Ahsoka will meet at the rendezvous point. Luminar and Ahsoka thank uh, each other for everything. Luminar says that they need to get underway. The end. Yeah, so this leads into the next episode, too. So we'll cover everything that happens in that episode and that episode. But okay. um, did you like it? Yeah, I did. I thought it was a great episode. Once I kind of got back into the swing of like, okay, this is... The animation style is a little rough compared to how things are now. Um, but, um, yeah, I thought this was a great episode. Was, um, the, whole, uh, the whole arc is great. I, I look forward to the next episode. Right, I think the next episode is an episode you and I have talked about a lot, um, just in general, so I'm really excited to hear hear our discussion of it on there. But one of the things I love about this is that it connects Bombad Jedi, Cloak of Darkness, and Lair of Grievous together in one storyline, and they're very different casts for each one, and they're also tonally different, each one, um, but they're all still part of the same story. It's really showing showing early in this Clone Wars Season 1 what they can get away with um, in Clone Wars and be successful. Um, There's a few obvious animation issues um, with this episode, but but we don't have to dwell on that because, like I said, I think this was the fourth one they finished. I don't... When we were talking about Argyle, I said... I was talking about how tight their rendering budget was. Now, I know I had to edit some of that out because we've been having some side conversations during this recording. Um, but I want to talk about like 
Argyle was a new character. Not Argyle, but what's his name? <laughs> Ar- Ar- Argus. Yeah. Argyle Ar- 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 is the uh, limo driver in, in Die Hard. Yeah. Well, this movie's this episode's very Die Hard. With <laughs> scurrying around in the fence all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is Cloak of Darkness is a Christmas movie. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very tower Alan man. Rickman, Alan Rickman dies at the end of this episode as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very tower man. Um, anyway, um, he was a new character that they rendered, and Luminara is a new character that they they rendered, and they they messed with Luminara. I think I told you offline or in a part that I edited out that they've talked a ton. They've given a ton of interviews about this episode, mostly because they were so proud of themselves for how well they did Luminara. So this is her first appearance as a speaking character outside of Tartavosky's Clone Wars. In the Tartavosky's Clone Wars, she was played by Cree Summers, who is an old actress, old like a old school um, voice actor who actually played Nisa in the Ewoks series. Um, but now um, Luminar is played by Olivia Diabo, who is someone that we've talked about um, in other episodes. Not to go over her her um, IMDb history here, but she goes through the rest of the series as Luminara. So that's that's exciting. Um, we talked about in the previous episode, Bombad Jedi, how hard it was for them to animate the cloak mm-hmm. that, that Jar Jar was wearing. And they still had that problem, and so they made her clothing a little bit stiffer than they were planning because they didn't want to go through that again. But they also cut corners, and one of the stupid Easter eggs in this um, episode is that's not Luminara's lightsaber because they they forgot to change it. It's Plo Koon's lightsaber that she's fighting with, and then in future episodes she has her own lightsaber, or lightsaber designed after her lightsaber that canonically appears in the movie but but this in this episode she's fighting with Plo Koon's lightsaber which had already been rendered so these are things that they're doing still to save money they put placeholders in and then they forget to take them out and things like that um, the other thing that that is in on all of the discussions about this episode from the writers is the betrayal so um, are they decided that they didn't want a clone, a clone to be the one that betrays them, because they wanted to make the clone seem unfailingly loyal, um, and so they decided to have a Senate guard be the person that betrays them all. But in our continuity watching order, we've already seen the episode Cat and Mouse, which has a clone betrayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did not stick to this plan to keep the clones unfailingly loyal, which I'm glad they didn't because I like the idea that the clones were sort of a spectrum of behavior rather than just flesh robots. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so the idea was that the idea, at least at this point in, in the plot development, is that you had good soldiers follow orders and then you had the Senate guards who were supposed to be just regular people who were had the temptations of money and power, etc. And that whole argument between Gree, um, Argaya, Argaius, and Ahsoka was supposed to be sort of setting that tone where Gree was just like, I do what I'm told. And, and then the Senate guard saying, 
like sometimes you have to do what you feel is right and then ironically that actually <laughs> being the right answer in that particular situation because Luminara might have died um, if she hadn't have intervened right mm-hmm. so it's hard it's hard to know what the right answer was there or if there was any moral but we are back to Clone Wars and so we can talk about the moral and in this or the Jedi fortune cookie whatever you want to call it um, so this one was ignore your instincts at your peril before we do this do you have any any trivia or any commentary on any of the production stuff you want to talk about no I, I really enjoyed the the lightsaber battle between Ahsoka um, Ventress and Luminara um, and I did I, I, I did enjoy the um, Argaius's design um, I think they did a good job with what they 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 just had to put Malibu Stacy with a new hat, and it it, it, can't, it worked out pretty well. Um, it's a little a little rough, but like it gets so much better that it's hard to um, it's hard to care and get sucked into the story. So at a certain point, I don't I don't notice the the differences as much. Um, but um, I don't know. Um, I'll say I'll say from a production point of view, the place where I thought the 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 primitive nature of the animation was most obvious was in the holograms of Yoda and Anakin. And it's probably the place where you can get away with it because you can explain it away in universe. It's just being a bad transmission, but they look like plastic toys. Mm-hmm. They just didn't look like they were rendered all the way. Yeah. And it was like, but you can, you can absolutely explain that away. Yeah. Um, just be like, be like, Oh, it's a bad call. Sort of like, like earlier t- tonight when we were trying to figure out why we had so much static on the line. Yeah. But, but I I don't know. Overall, I think it's really good, and I don't I don't suffer these things. There are production problems at this level. Yeah, the except I don't know how do, how do you explain the weird conspiracy theories that you were talking about as a bad connection. Yeah, I saw someone trying to hook their TV up to my laptop. Right, I don't know if you saw that tweet from Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she was no. claiming that someone was hacking into her TV. No, I, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to quit, so pretty much all social media, except for Facebook, because they, they want to see pictures of kids and, um, or my family wants to see pictures of kids and, and whatnot. But I'm trying to just stay away from all of that because it just, it just makes me mad. And yeah, me too. Why invite that sort of stuff into into my life? But periodically, I uh, stumble in. And I'm just like, oh. Uh, then I realized that this is why I stopped in the first place. Yeah, I've almost successfully blocked all politicians or all political stuff from my social media, but it still pops up. Um, all right, so one thing that we do in Clone Wars is we do talk about the Jedi fortune cookie. Do you want to talk about that for a second, whether it applies? Yeah, so the um, the little the little saying at the beginning, does it? Does it um, hold true for this episode? And so, ignore your instincts at your own peril. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> um, it's it's hard for me to figure out who they're talking about in this, but if they're talking about Ahsoka, she does sort of go off on her own to save Luminara, and that does save Luminara. And so if they're talking about that, um, I guess it applies. But as far as the plot of the episode, it's it's mostly about, it's not, it's more about like what Yoda says at the end, where he says basically like our, our enemies are surrounding us. Yeah. I would say that's more of the 
the summary rather than because what what do you think well yeah like if Ahsoka trusted her instinct and went and saved Luminara but at the same time Argyus was able to escape or sorry Newt Gunray was able to escape thanks to uh, Argyus Luminara she had kind of like um she had felt that he um that there there was something bad going on um and she went to investigate it and it turned out to be true but uh at the same time if she would have just stayed with if she'd stayed with the prisoner like like Ventress had already sabotaged everything before um before the battle so it would have made more sense for her just to stay put but she sensed the dark side and had to go to it. I I don't know I it partially does I mean it, it it makes sense like sometimes you get into weird situations and your gut is just like um like I think it's time to leave this store or restaurant or this might be a bad side of town we should go back the way we came definitely sometimes your, your gut's trying to tell you something um and like I don't know about you or any of our listeners but there's been plenty of times where I didn't listen and then I ended up regretting it later because um just a light example like oh I'll just get through this one level in this video game I don't need to save oh my god I've just lost everything um even that with like like work stuff like how often do you um or like school stuff like how often did you like you just kept you, you didn't want to like just take the the two seconds to just save and you something happens to your computer and all of a sudden you lose a ton of work yeah we're showing our age with that one since now everything auto saves and auto recovers and everything but um or, or like the check engine light yeah there it is how <laughs> how many people go past their recommended oil change mileage me like <laughs> everybody yeah like oil change is that some sort of like metamorphosis like caterpillar the oil changes into back into dinosaurs i i don't know i think i think for me the moral it's not a bad it's not a bad thing to put on this episode but like i said i just don't think it applies that yeah well. it, yeah it it a little bit of a mess yeah it takes a little bit it takes some um mental gymnastics to kind of get it to fit and it's kind of weak even then um but yeah um so yeah so uh do you want to get into the ranking now yeah go ahead okay all right so now's the time where we rank an episode so how we rank episodes on yumcast is we rank them by a Star Wars character from all sorts of canon media. So a really great episode would be a Han, Luke, Leia, Darth Vader, Chewie, etc. Somebody from the original trilogy. A really bad character would just be some completely uh, worthless character. Um, either a worthless character or just like if that character ceased to exist the you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even notice. So somebody like... Um, um, I don't know, like they, the the women that are checking Anakin out at, at the bar in Episode Two. Okay, we did that one, but it's a good it's a good one. We did, we've we've, that's fine. We've re re reused this example character. Yeah, um, and, and the times. yeah the uh, the classic is the Sleaze Baganio, uh, want to buy some Death Sticks guy. 
Or the lugubrious moat, the the flea. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a ridiculous character. Um <laughs> But uh, so Matt, what do you give this? What do you give this episode? Um, I really like this episode. I'm trying to decide how hard I want to go. I think I'm going to give it like an embo. Embo, okay. Just like the bounty hunter that has like the hat, the big, yeah. the white hat that he throws and things. Yeah, it's like um, he's like a uh, odd job, but he wears a sombrero. Yeah, yeah, like that. Um, that's a good description. Um, I like him a lot, and he's a good sort of ensemble character, um, and I like his concept, and it's sort of a wild concept. But this is another episode of Clone Wars, and I know we're in the first middle of the first season, and it's like our 15th episode that we've recorded on this. We're really early in the first first quarter, like in between like 10 and 20% of Clone Wars completion right now, and we're getting a ton of character depth for the universe, like... Now we have this Gree and these Senate guards that are potentially not all on the up and up. And Ventress and her, like like you said, Ventress walked into that battle having won, right? She had already planted, planted all the explosives. It was hard to imagine a scenario where she didn't either kill or capture Gunray. Um, so, yeah, I just think, I think it's just a really solid piece of Clone Wars. Um, what do you, what do you give all right, this may seem on the nose, but I'm going to give this one a Ventress just because she is so wild in this um, uh, episode. The just the 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 back and forth banter and the the like her taking the insults, uh, not taking the insult well uh, from Luminara that she's just like a wild animal. So I really just I just really enjoyed that, and just the you know the idea that like. That like like you said that they, their enemies are kind of surrounding them. They've got to watch their backs now. It's not the end. They just don't know who to who they can trust, which becomes more and more more and more uh, a thing. To eventually the people that they trust most uh, betray them and slaughter most of them. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Um, that's really good. I guess at this point we've. Revenge of the Sith happened like three years before this, but that is wonderful foreshadowing for the characters in the story when Yoda says, like, our enemies are surrounding us. Like, that is really foreboding. Wow, I didn't even think of that. That's wonderful. Yeah, what could I say? I'm, uh... I'm clever or something. You're clever. Yep, that's why, <laughs> that's why we do this. Do you have anything else about this episode? Uh, no, no, I'm just, uh, I'm excited to talk about the next one because there's a, there's a, um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting episode. It's one of the greats, but before we do that, we have to make sure that that is the next episode we're doing. Oh, right. We'll let the fate decide, huh? I just happen to have a chance to be here. Blue, it's the boy. Red, his mother. Is <laughs> All right, I know you hate this, but I have my D20, and I'm going to roll a D20, and I'm filming it, and I will text you the video, and I'm going to roll it now. If we're okay. to roll a one, we are going to do an Ewoks episode. Any other number, we will do um, Lair of Grievous, which is a wonderful episode. I rolled a 19. Well, all right. So, so we are doing Lair of Grievous. 
Sweet. I'll, te- I'll text you that roll so you know that I did it. <laughs> um, and you can see that 19 is next to 1. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. Um, do you want to take us out? Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, we just want to thank you for listening. We're glad anybody's listening. Be sure to um, mention us to a, a friend, coworker, or random stranger on the internet uh, about uh, our podcast. And if uh, you hated us, also then just tell some random asshole troll on the internet about us um, and waste some of their time as they uh, download and hate our episode just as much as they hated you. Or, yeah, something like that. Good enough. Just tell people about us, please. Uh, be sure to give us a high ranking on whatever your podcast aggregator is. Um, Stitcher, Apple, um, I don't, is iTunes actually a thing anymore? Um, Apple Podcasts is what it's called. Yeah. Um, or just wherever. Or if, if the one that you use can't get us, let us know and we can figure out a way to get there. So um, we'll be back next week with the layer of grievous thank you for downloading and listening to this episode we would also like to thank jordan white for the use of his cover of yub nub as our intro and outro music please refer to the show notes for photos clips and links from this episode side effects from listening to yubcast may include dizziness dry mouth a sense of confusion and decreased sex drive serious side effects may include speaking in ewok speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Ah, word.